PI Perspectives travels to the Great White North. Okay, today we're going to talk about our topic. And uh, the topic is why are parking lots so small at donut places, okay? Our guest today is Corey Marks from Mossad Investigations in Ontario, Canada. Corey phones in to discuss what it's like to be a private investigator in Canada. Every now and then, we have a case that crosses the border. Canada is a completely different animal when it comes to investigations. Corey, a black belt in Judo and Taekwondo, also served in the Israeli Defense Force and Israeli Secret Service. In 2000, he represented Canada in the Olympics in Sydney, Australia for Taekwondo. Corey's Mossad investigative agency has been in business since 2003 and covers a wide area of investigations. This episode is brought to you by Crosstrack's case management software. Crosstrack's integrates with programs you already use, like QuickBooks, DelphPoint, ScopeNow, Investigation Video Editor, Word, and more. The integrations combine with powerful features such as automated audio transcription and report generation help investigators generate revenue and improve efficiency. The system can be customized for any investigative specialty. Start your free trial today at crosstracks.co and use promo code PIP20. Let's take off and drop in on the guys. Meet Corey Marks and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of PI Perspectives. Well, today we are definitely heading up north. I came across, I met uh, Corey Marks, a private investigator up in Canada, and I asked him to come on the program because I thought it'd be really interesting to hear from a, a Canadian investigator and get their perspective on how they do investigative work. So, uh, Corey, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Matt. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being you, and I appreciate what you've been doing. I've been listening to you for a while, especially through this COVID stuff and being stuck at home. I mean, keeping me sane. So, I'd like to just give you a shout out about that. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's been very interesting times for everybody. You know, we're just doing uh, what we can do to try and hang in here, and uh, <laughs> everyone's trying to stay a little sane. Let's talk a little bit about your background because you, you have a really interesting background. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, you're a black belt in uh, judo and taekwondo, right? Fourth degree black belt in judo, fifth degree black belt taekwondo, and a grand master of Krav Maga. Oh, look at that. So how, how long have you been doing that? Like when did you start getting into that stuff? Oh, um, started the taekwondo when I was around 10-ish. And got my black belts uh, roughly when I was around 16, and, and I started judo afterwards. And in between hockey, you know, you're a Canadian kid, you got to play hockey. Right. And uh, got injured a little bit, so my rehab was basically going to judo. So I just started enjoying the two martial arts and continued with those. Well, I hope you didn't uh, use any of your moves when you dropped the gloves on the ice. No, no, <laughs> I, I was already out of hockey there, but I was a real. Disturber. Disturber, there you go, all right. Well, yeah, when I, when I, I have to watch my words. Yeah. When I got uh, when I got my black belt, uh, you know, I, it was, I was more powerful than anybody else at that point. There you go, right? Ty Domi, be aware. Yeah, <laughs> Ty awesome. Domi. <laughs> That's right, he did go to New York, didn't he? That's he did. Right. <laughs> we love yeah. Ty. I, yeah, I see Ty, Ty every now and then in New York. He's still hanging around. He's a good guy, actually. Yeah, he goes to pizza places over yeah. here. Then you picked up from Canada and you moved to Israel, right? Um, well, that's part of the... Uh, me being a little troublemaker, when I was about 17 years old, uh, uh, Jewish parents up here, uh, if you're not going to be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, and you're a troublemaker, they send you off to Israel. Sure. Uh, straighten you out. So uh, I moved down there and uh, went into a thing called a kibbutz. Sure. 
which is, uh, it's not only for Jewish kids or people, it's from everybody around the world. They come and yeah. you work, it's like a work farm, but yeah. they give you shelter and food. So you would work from six in the morning to noon and the rest of the time is all yours. Nice. And uh, that's where I, I, I kind of stayed for uh, around um, 79, 80, and then around 81, I joined the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Force. Um, enjoyed that quite a bit and uh, was actually put into the martial arts of teaching in that, that aspect on with them and started progressing through. And uh, around 82, 83, I got moved up into, uh, let's just say, the Secret Service. That's great, man. Really, uh, I'm sure that's that's how you learned a lot of your investigative techniques and, and doing what you're doing, uh, paving yeah. the way for uh, for you to go in business eventually. But before that, you before you got into business, though, you made another pit stop. Let's talk about that a little bit, right? You went back to Canada and uh, yep. you ended up competing um, worldwide for. Uh, well, I was I was still active and and I was teaching a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity came up, and uh, uh, somebody got hurt, and I was the alternate. Uh, on the Taekwondo team and uh, ended up winning the world championships in England in 98, which um, then put me in a position to uh, go to the Olympics and represent Canada in 2000. That's amazing, dude. What an incredible honor. That, that yeah, well, I mean, we could spend a whole podcast episode just talking about what that looked like because I'm sure, uh, you know, Sydney, awesome. Australia, 2000, yeah. Uh, yeah. Y2K, that must have been yeah. just uh, life-changing. It was, well, it is. It's, uh, from the opening ceremonies on, it was, it was something that I don't like to discuss what happened to me while I was there or where I no, finished. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, fantastic. you made it there. That's that's impressive yeah, exactly. enough, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to compare themselves. I mean, just making it there is is, is an amazing feat in itself. Um, Thank you. So, um, okay, so then you went into business in 2003, right? You started your own business in, in 2003, in I opened up, yeah, I opened up and called it the Mossad Investigations. Right. And... Um, we did everything. We did the process serving on skip tracing, background checks, and um, you name it. From A to Z, we were. I was doing everything. Uh, it was a one-man operation, and I started hiring a couple of people here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, we were able to do a lot of stuff at that point right. in 2003. And you, obviously, you're still in business. So you, you've seen it change quite a bit. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what's, what's oh, yeah. changed over the years? It's... Uh, well, they brought in a privacy law here in Canada, and I mean, we'll get into that a little deeper in 2000, well, 2010. I, I scaled back for what I was doing because um, to me it was like walking into a restaurant and they have 101 things on the menu. Sure. And you know something's not going to be fresh and something's going to be frozen or they can't be good at this and they have a house specialty. So I just wanted to bring it back, scale it back, so I was just specializing in surveillance. Right and fraud investigations and it got to the point i mean i love surveillance and i was getting a i don't know why but a lot of investigators don't like it and i was getting a lot of more work from investigators than actual clients yeah i'm that guy <laughs> i farm out my work yeah, yeah i don't know why i love just, it i mean you know, you're out there and yeah. you know your own boss and okay it might be a little boring here and there but i mean you make the best of it and yeah. you know you see and, and, and see so many interesting things and people and i mean it's it's just part of the of the of the work it's great yeah jim jim nanos from uh pi magazine uh apple investigation sure. new jersey he's another guy uh that just loves to do surveillance like that's his thing he prefers to be in a car and or yeah. or you know running some sort of operation that, that that's his happy place yeah, um, yeah. And, and listen, we're, I, I think you, the summary that you have is just great, right? Talking about a restaurant and having 
um, you know, different things on the menu and some things are fresh and some things aren't. I think we're all, we all gravitate to what we're good at. Uh, for me, it's, it's plain of personal injury, right? That's my wheelhouse. Right. And, uh, right, right. you know, I, I can talk for days about that kind of stuff, but you know, when it comes to, you know, criminal investigations or, or doing surveillance stuff, like I just defer, I defer to somebody else. It's not, not my cup of tea. Um, yeah, that's, I get it a lot. I mean, we have we don't have as many associations as you guys have in the states, but we've got a couple of main ones here, and you know we all network through, and that's where I get a lot of the work. And uh, hey, can you do this for me? Yeah, it's a civilian. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I know it's so I'm I'm known for that, so right. it's, uh, it just carries on. Well, that's good, man. You you've yeah. carved your niche, and that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was with the surveillance, and then uh, and then around uh, 2015, 16ish. Um, I got a little story for you. I, I was going out with a girl and, uh, and, uh, things weren't working out. And, and I just said to her, you know, straight up and honest, I said, listen, not working out. We've got to go. We've got to end this. And okay. And then next thing I know, about 20 minutes later, cops are knocking on my door and I knew a couple of them and they, they, they knew to send four or five. Right. And, uh, they showed up and said, I'm being charged with uttering a death threat. And I said, I, I was flabbergasted. I said, what, are, what are you talking about? And I yeah. turned to the one guy I knew. He says, when it comes to women, I don't know what the laws are down in the States, but here, when it comes to a woman with a male, you're guilty before you're innocent. And they don't care if you have had an alibi. I had evidence at that point by law and their superiors, they have to charge me. So I went through the whole process, fingerprint and then pictures, and I, they promised me I'd be out within six, seven hours, which they, I was, and right. went before the judge got out. And I promised myself at that point, I said, you know what? I, when I was talking to the officer, I, he was telling me this happens ten to fifteen times a day, and it's just women that are, are that are vindictive and they know they can get away with it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to put most of my efforts into into this wrongful uh, conviction of males before this. And yeah. I gathered all the information like a good private investigator, and I went to the first appearance. By the second appearance, I showed it to the crown, and they threw out they threw out all my charges and everything, and uh, they went after her and charged her. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the exclamation point right there, right? So false yeah, charges exactly. and then turning around and yeah. and charging her for le- uh, levying so, those charges. Yeah, yeah that's uh, now I'm focusing a lot of my energy on the, the male wrongful convictions, and I, I still yeah. do the uh, surveillance and stuff. Yeah, I know, like that, like down here, um, it, it's all domestics, no matter male or female. Like anytime there's there's a domestic issue that comes up, it's like both parties are pretty much on the hook for it. Um, law enforcement does not play around with it, and I think you know. There's, there's, it's a question of liability, right? If something ends up happening where they just poo-pooed it and, and nothing happened, um, and then you know one of the parties goes and kills the other party, you can see how that would be an issue. Well, yeah, yeah I, I can see that, but also too at the same time, let me speak. Yeah, if of I course. have an alibi or I have proof, I, <laughs> of course. I, but I mean, yeah, I, really? No, they don't even look at that. Yeah. When it comes to that, it, I mean, I understand it. You know, if guys, you know, they beat somebody, you know, knock a woman around or. Yeah. You know, there has been a lot of cases where they've killed them or whatever, but right. at least an opportunity right. to say, hey, I was here. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Nothing. It's yeah. just straight in and you'll deal with it later in, in court. Right. So, I mean, even at the court, they, they gave an opportunity in my first appearance to plead guilty and you're going to take this management anger management course. And, but I said, no, I didn't do anything. And I didn't. And I'm glad I, I stuck to my guns and and uh, it got thrown out. So. Right. Right. Now I've I've done probably about fifty cases since then, right. all successful. I, I must add, and uh, 
I have a reputation within uh, a lot of lawyers on the criminal side wow. to uh, contact me. So That's very interesting. So I want to uh, just go back real quickly to the surveillance stuff. Sure. I did have a question about that. So what's what's your take on using like unmanned surveillance cameras? Are you guys allowed to do that up in Canada? And is it something that you um, feel is necessary or, or helpful for what you do? Um, I got to watch what I say. Um, Yes and no. Okay, I don't want to get you in any trouble. Um, <laughs> so, no, well, I don't think I'll get in trouble. It's just, <laughs> it's just that it, it's really frowned upon, but okay. I know people that do it. Okay. Um, I don't. Um, if I can't, if I can't grab the shot, right. it doesn't happen. Okay. Um, so is it is it like is it not permitted up there or? or I mean, or there, just frowned upon. Well, you have to. Well, there's a again with this privacy issue. Mm. I mean, you you're only allowed to shoot um, surveillance uh, video or pictures. When they're outside of their property, in public somewhere, can't be anywhere on their property, inside the house or anything like that. Right. So they're considering a unmanned, uh, if I put a rock on the street with a camera in it like that, mm-hmm. not happening. Okay. So I guess drones uh-huh. are out of the question too then, right? Drones are definitely out. Yeah. yeah You're not even allowed to use a drone for a real estate agent. It's not even allowed to use a drone. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they, the, the laws are real strict here, um, in New York anyways. And, and I see like they're, they're starting to... To loosen them up or get them a little well-defined, but they're definitely well, like a commercial pilot. What are the, requir- what are the requirements for someone to get a, a private investigator license in the States? Uh, well, I can speak for New York because that's where I'm from. Uh, so in New York, you actually have to have three years experience working with somebody in the field or be prior law enforcement or military. That gives you permission to actually take the test and then you got to pass the test. Well, actually, if you, if you're retired law enforcement or military, they, you just got to file the paperwork. But if you, you've got the three years experience working for somebody, then they give you the permission to actually take the test and you have to pass it. They do a whole background. You know, you can't have a a felony criminal history, or at least if you do, you have to explain it. Um, and they decide whether or not they'll they'll, they'll accept you. And if you pass, then what are you allowed to do? Well, you have the privilege to pay, you know, the the yearly fee to keep your license. (laughs) Um, but can you work on your own? Can you, or do you yeah. have to go work for somebody? Or? No, no, you can you can work on your own. So um, yeah, you Different can be here. you could go into business and be a you know self employed ten ninety nine, which you would have your your personal license, but you can also convert that personal license into a business license, which is what I did. So initially, right. when I had my my PI license, it was just you know Matthew Spare PI, and then when I decided I want to start a business, I moved it over to be a, a, uh, a business license, which obviously has a bigger fee associated with it as well. And right. uh, I became the principal of that business, but now I can now hire people to work under my license. And I got to file all the paperwork with the state. They got to do the backgrounds and, you know, they keep track of, of my employees, making sure that you know, if they are arrested, I'm supposed to notify them. It's a whole big uh, thing I kind of run around and do. But yeah, that's huh. that's New York. I, I can't speak for other states because I just... Holding you yeah, up, the states are different. Yeah. That, that's how we well, do it. Well, here, uh, as long as you're 18 and over, uh, Canadian citizen, and you don't have a record, you have to go um, take an online course, which is 50 hours. It's online, right. open book. Right. Once you pass that, you have to go take a government test. It's 100 questions, multiple choice, two hours. And you need a passing grade of 70 three percent. I'm going to say. I think it's 72, but maybe 73. Right. And once you get that, you have your license. Now, at that point, you can't work for yourself. You have to go to an actual agency. And from that agency, you're either subcontracted out or you work for them on salary or wage. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And in order to get the agency, um, so when I got 
my well recently i had to redo everything on mine so i had to go through background checks and criminal checks and all that stuff for the pi license that's fine that was uh like 200 $200 but then in order to get the agency license it's $750 you have to carry a 2 million dollar um insurance floater and then on top of that yeah you got the person who is the head of director cannot be a uh it's got to be a limited company or some type of registered company right. has to go through all the credit checks, criminal checks, background checks, RCMP checks. Nice. And then you're, you're sailing. You got yourself an agency. Yeah, I know. Like at one point I had looked to get my um, license in Connecticut, which is the bordering state from, from New York. And it was a whole different uh, set of background searches that they were doing. And the fees were, were oppressive, man. It was like $1,500 a year. Uh, and I was like, "Wow, okay, that's uh, that's really crazy." You know, everybody's think, every state has their own thing. Pretty, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, ours is pretty level right across the whole uh, whole Canada. Right. Every province has a little difference here, and sure. there, but uh, sure. but there's still Yahoos that don't have licenses that uh, advertise as PIs. Hey, we got them here too. Yeah, <laughs> we sure. got them here too. Um, okay, so we're gonna step out real quick just for a quick break, and I want right. to. Uh, jump back into more of uh, you know talking shop here is the the differences and, and what it looks like to actually be an investigator because it is a completely different animal out there in Canada. So let's step out real quick and we'll be right back. PI Perspectives is brought to you by Scope Now. Have you tried Scope Now 3.0 yet? Make sure you visit their website and check out the webinar on TikTok investigations. There are some real cutting-edge research tips. Check out Rob Douglas's episode on our program last November to learn more about ScopeNow 3.0 or visit ScopeNow.com. Sign up and use code PIP20 for additional savings. Kelmar Global is also a proud sponsor of PI Perspectives. A leader in the industry, Kelmar Global has been successfully conducting all types of investigations for our clients since 1989, specializing in surveillance as well as corporate investigations, insurance fraud and cases for law firms. Kelmar Global is licensed throughout the U.S. Contact us at kelmarglobal.com. Please reach out to Kelly Riddle and his team if you need anything covered throughout the United States. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are here with uh, Corey Marks from the Mossad Investigation Agency up in Canada. You're based out of Toronto, I believe, right? Right. Okay, so welcome back. Cold Toronto today. Cold Toronto today, yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It's cold. It's, it's, cold. Listen, cool. it's snowing in, in May in New York, too, so like the world's <laughs> apparently coming to an end very soon. Yeah. Well, you think things would get better with the <laughs> layaway. Everybody's in, no traffic, no pollution. It's getting worse. Well, if we got more, we got murder hornets on the way, so you know we're, yeah, <laughs> we're so, digging hey, in. We got those already. We have those, but uh, supposedly they don't last too long in uh, cold weather, so we should be all right. All right, yeah, all right. God's correcting everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's talk shop here. So well, you, you obviously I, you started in 1999 and then started your own business in 2003. So, right. like, what are some of the glaring differences between uh, being an investigator in the United States as opposed to being an investigator in Canada? Well. We, we are so jealous of the PIs in the USA, I'm telling you right now. What you guys have, your tools that you guys can... Like, we were once uh, like that a while ago. There was no privacy. There was a little bit of privacy, but not much. But now politicians came out, and they brought in these privacy laws, and it has just devastated the business. And where you guys can do background checks and, and skip tracing and... You have the data banks, and uh, you know you can go through get utility bills and the DMVs. We can't do any of that. Right. 
I mean, you all the the only background checks or skip tracing that we can do is social media, open source um, type of research, and 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 that's basically it. The only type of public databases or, or or information we can get would be say like bankruptcy Canada. They list who went bankrupt. You don't get an address. You just get a name. Right. Um, people that own property, we still have access to that. You got now you got to pay uh, twenty, thirty, forty dollars for a search which is going to give you a name or, a, or an address. Um, as far as, say, if you get a license plate, um, you guys get a license plate, you got, DM, you got DMV, we have MTO. Right. Well, that's a, you can't get anything unless you're a, uh, a lawyer with a law firm or a PI. I've had to go personally through six months' worth of paperwork and the cost background checks, criminal checks, forget about my PO loss, just, just to get access to the DMV MTO database. That took over six months. A lot of people don't do it because it's just a headache. They gotta, they come out to your place, they see all my cameras and security, and you wouldn't believe what you have to go through just to get that. The Privacy Act here has, it's just totally eliminated and taken our hands and basically cut them off. So we have to be a little adventurous. Right, so it's a heavy open source, right? I mean, essentially, you, heavy open source. you need to learn how to do your craft with what's available exactly. to you, essentially, right? Yes, exactly. And with me being in the business for so long, you gather some certain contacts, which you can lean on and, you know, and get certain information. But we don't have, like, you know, some of your sponsors for your shows and stuff. And, right. But those databases, they are phenomenal. Yeah. But they are totally useless up here. I mean... We can't use them. Um, even even cell phones are so protected by privacy. All you're going to get if you type in a phone number in any of the databanks or, or even on Google search or, or Google in with whatever you want to do, all you're going to get is a position of the area and the carrier. You're not going to get a name. You're not going to get an address. Nothing. Right. That's how much the privacy is taking over. Um, you had... A gentleman on um, Stephen Comeric. Comeric, yep. Yeah, yeah conflict, detective stuff. Uh, right, so Conflict far. International, yep. Yeah, you guys have the depositions? Depositions you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we call them examinations of discovery. Okay. Well, because because of the Privacy Act that came in, there's no video allowed inside. There's So you can't do any micro-expression analysis. There's nobody in the room other than the lawyer and the person getting questioned. Wow. That's it. Wow. So that is totally out. Jury selections, they used to be a, a good bread and butter of mine, but now they've changed it again because of the privacy. So now there's no jury consultants up here. You can't go in. All they give you is a, is, is a name with an initial and an area where a person lives. Well, you know, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to get anything. Right. That's not, that's not going to find you. Um, criminal background checks. Um, we have uh, three different types. We've got a criminal background check. Uh, criminal background check with uh, records, which is court records. And then we have a vulnerable check, which is if you work with athletes, um, children, if you're a coach from 18 and under, you have to have this vulnerable check. You have to go in personally and get it. There used to be a time where I would offer a service to do all these checks. I can go in, send in all the applications with proper ID, and I would get them. Now you can't. Right. So now it's over a year. If you want to get access to the RCMP CPIC, that's what it's called, data bank, then that's basically when a cop is in his car and he has the uh, his computer 
he accesses your plate and then runs a check on you if you have a warrant or anything. It's the CPIC system up here. It's like a year long background checks, criminal checks, like you want, don't want to believe. It. It's just it's just crazy. So you can't even get any criminal records, army records. You can't have any access to anything up here. Wow. How do you put food on your table, bro? <laughs> That's well, tough. like I said, surveillance is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's made me a it's made me a very uh, you know happy man. Yeah, I've had a good life over it, and it's like there's not that many. Com- like if if there was somebody like yourself, if you phone me up and said, "Listen, I need some help with a, uh, you got to find some." Per- well, I can't help you. Right. Um, I I can't help you to to that extent. I mean, if you've got or let me know that he's coming in on this flight. And I can and send me a picture. Well, I can surveillance him from that point on. Right. Other than that, I can't go to a car rental company and find out anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, if at a hotel, can't find out anything anymore unless you know you have some contacts and you know some people. But it's mostly it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and I have one. One of the other challenges we were actually talking about this offline the other day uh, with COVID nineteen and and you know the, the the mandates for everyone to to wear masks now is really going to affect, I think it's going to affect the United States as well, um, doing surveillance, you know, to positively identify somebody uh, who's wearing, you know, a face covering. What What's that going to look like? There are going to be challenges left and right from defense attorneys saying, that's not my guy, right? No, I've already been told. I've already been told by a couple of lawyers, he goes, forget about your surveillance for a while. You find something else. He says, because if a guy's wearing a hat and now it's a mandatory, you have to wear a mask while you're out in public. You can't do surveillance because it, it goes to court. Who I, I don't know this guy. Who's, right. How do we know it's him? Right. It's going to get thrown out automatically. Yeah, I've already been told. So I, I've already am I'm, I'm looking away from that because they actually started discussing today, the premier of Ontario, that uh, they're going to make a mask mandatory once uh, the restrictions start to lift here. Oh, no, we have it here in yeah, New York. That's... Uh... Uh, we won't have it yet, but it's coming. So that's the thing. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're setting the standards for everybody here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I like it. I, I watch Coma. I like I like yeah. his uh, his updates all the time. He's a good guy. Yeah, I you know I uh, it's funny. I had uh, Jim Gagliano on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know he works for CNN. Uh, the governor's right. brother works for CNN, and, and to me, yeah. I, I I'm not the biggest Andrew Cuomo fan, or I was not the biggest Andrew Cuomo fan. Uh, uh, just our, our political views are are different. Me personally. Um, but I, I got to respect the job that he's he's done. I think he's he's, he's done, done the best job. the yeah. best that he could with what he was giving, and and the people that are giving him business now are giving him a hard time. Uh, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, man. So considering what we all went through uh, and what he had to deal with, and the fact that he's on TV or on the computer every day, online, yeah. and just keeping everybody up to date, uh, I think is really uh, really efficient. So oh, yes. I mean, New Yorkers. Uh, you know, I love going to New York. I mean. It, 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 People are crazy. I just love them. Just uh, love I'll say thank you, you. I think <laughs> no, it, it, it's, that's that's a good way. It's a good sentiment. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, it, it's crazy. Good crazy. <laughs> All right. So talking about crazy but here, then, what? Why don't you give me some? Well, I just wanted to say one other yeah. thing about that is, I just want the guys in the PIs down in the states just to realize how how easy you guys have it. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are looking to get into the businesses and that. I mean, you just got to look at what we've got to go through up here. And you guys can just appreciate everything that you have down there. Yeah, I mean, all countries are different. I, I um, had Mike, Mike Lacorda on another one from from Conflict, who's based out of England, and you know he, they're dealing with with uh, Brexit issues. They're dealing with uh, 
you know, um, well, now they're dealing with their own COVID issues as well and yeah. privacy. And, and that's a big thing, you know, with, with the European Union falling apart and, and privacy laws over there changing, that's a challenge for them as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, listen, America's got it, uh, got it good right now. I, I hope it, it stays because, you know, that's bread and butter for me. Uh, but we don't know. And, and that's the thing. Like, you have to learn how to do these open source investigations. You have to learn all the resources that are available because, you know, when the music stops, you want to have a chair. If you don't have a chair, you're, you're done. Yeah, you know, it's really, uh, really important. Well, what I'm, what I'm telling a lot of uh, lawyers here, I mean, we call them barristers, solicitors, lawyers. You guys call them attorneys. But uh, I'm everybody, I says, listen, I says, when the gates are going to open, there's going to be a flood. And you better lock up right now your private investigator, your process server, if they don't do it. Give them a retainer so you have them because uh, all I see is chaos happening. Yeah. Once everything starts to get lifted and the courts get back in and, and things start rolling again, I mean, right, it's going to be a great time for, especially for PIs that are doing this, that type of work. Right. That are, uh, are really going to be busy. Well, and that's the thing, right? They'll, they'll be busy until the, the second wave comes. So at least well, that's, that, that's what we're talking about here in New York, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll be, you know, instantly you busy. About second wave? Yeah. So we're preparing. Oh, well, we're New Yorkers. We have doom and gloom <laughs> since our life, <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, you know, everyone figures the next three or four months, it's just going to be insanely busy because, you know. What do you think, what do you think is going to be the business? What do you guys got going? Do you think you have going to have going there? Oh, well, see, I, what's going on is, is that a lot of my current clients, and you're, you're probably seeing the same thing too, is because they're at home and because they have nothing really to do, they're opening their case files and they're, they're hearing from their own, you know, um, circuit judges and, and, you know, administrative judges that there are going to be no trials until January you know, at, the, at the earliest. They're saying, okay, well, now I need to settle this case because I'm not sitting on it till the beginning of next year. Right. So that they're settling cases, right? So now... When the floodgates open, they've got cash now to spend on advertising and to drum up more cases. People that have been locked up and haven't been able to go anywhere, the second they get a chance to go out there, they're going to be all over the place. And you know what? They're going to be running into each other with their cars, and they're going to be tripping yeah. and falling all yeah. over the place. And you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, that stuff going on. So there's going to be a lot of work on that uh, end for investigators because this is going to be you know new cases that need to be taken care of. Uh, figuring that you know come. October or November when flu season kicks in for us around here in the Northeast, you know, we potentially could face another shutdown if, you know, there's no vaccine or uh, people aren't, uh, you know, practicing social distancing again and all that other stuff. So uh, I think fraud cases are going to be huge, huge in the States. States. I mean, you guys get a lot more fraud because I mean, we don't have the malpractice and and, and injury lawyer like you guys have. I mean, Wherever you look in the states, I mean, it's, they're always advertising. Or we we don't have that here, but I think fraud cases on the masks or this and yeah. every whatever it's going to be is going to be huge and divorces, yeah. you know, process <laughs> serving sure. and, and child child custody. Yeah. it's just going to be phenomenal. Yeah, uh, like I said, surveillance it, it was my bread and butter. I'm actually not even looking at it. Anymore in the next month or two because I, I can see what's coming in. Yeah. I mean, listen, d- d- domestics is uh, probably going to be a, yeah. could be an avenue for you, right? It will. Those wellness will checks on the, on the children, uh, whose parents are splitting up. Definitely. You know, that Definitely. could be I an avenue. That. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of my business that I love doing. I love waking up in the morning for that. So we, we were talking about crazies a, a little bit earlier. So, so give me some examples of some cases that, you know, you, 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 they turned out a way that you didn't think they were going to turn out for the good or the bad. Um, 
Okay. Um, I had a child custody case. Got a call. Um, woman told me that the uh, father took off with the two kids. Uh, one was three and, and one was eight. Actually, this 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 story will blend in because I, I actually had to uh, to I, I actually went into the states on this one. Mm-hmm. So um, from uh, from Ontario, he traveled all the way out to Alberta, which is about two thousand kilometers, uh, give or take. That's about twelve hundred and forty miles, and um, he went all the way out to Alberta. And I I I, I, I got him out there. Um, I, I tracked him down. And uh, I was watching him for a, a day or so like that, and I put a GPS uh, unit on him, which we're allowed to do here, a magnetic one. And uh, I went back, I think I went back to my room or whatever, and he, he started on the move. And uh, I started going and following him, and he, and he started heading south. Now, south of Alberta is Montana. And uh, he went across the border. Now, how he got across the border to this day, I, I still don't know. Um single father with two young kids, no mother. He might have fraudulently made paperwork saying he had permission from the mother or whatever, but he crossed into into Montana. And, uh, of course, I come up to get checked. I get pulled over. Uh, so, so now I'm, I'm, I'm losing him right. <laughs> because I'm stuck trying to explain why I have all this equipment in my car. Sure. And uh, as soon as you tell the U.S. that I'm coming in and I'm working on a case, well, you're not allowed to do that. Right. Because of uh, you taking money away from another PI or something, right? So uh, I had to make a couple of phone calls, and I was an hour behind. So I started heading down. And the great thing about Montana is, I love the state of Montana. There's no speed limits. There's an actual sign there. Um, speed is at your uh, discretion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So you can do. It's like the autobahn. It's right. fantastic. So I I was just flooring it, trying to catch up, and I'm watching the GPS and. It stopped in a place called Shelby, Montana. Okay. And um, it was quite a, quite a bit down, and and it just the signal stopped, and then it went blank on me, and I I didn't know why. So I'm about probably an hour away, and I'm driving. And I get down there, and I says, "Well, it's not that big of a town," and, and I start, start searching, and sure enough, I come across a Comfort Inn, and and there's the car. Wow. And uh, I know that if I go inside the um, front desk and ask a question, you know, they might tell them or, you know, throw it off. And if I go to the police, I'm going to be in trouble because, um, you know, don't know what, who they're going to believe at that point. So, right, right, right. Yeah. Jurisdictionally, that could the, be an issue for you too, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I phoned back to the mother and I said, listen, I, I've got them. Uh, I found them and make a long story short. And she came down right away with the lawyer and everything and phoned the police. I told her to phone the police and tell them the story to hold them. And sure enough, I'm sitting in the parking lot. Five minutes later, sheriff and a local uh, officer show up and one went to the back, one went to the front and uh, he comes out and then the kids came out, out oh. the other side. And and uh, I was thanked from here until eternity from the mother. So they, they she got the kids back and that's why I do it. I mean, I, that's why I say I love those type of stories, I wake up in the morning, that's what I, I love doing, is especially with the children. So do you, do you network with investigators in the United States? Like, Do you have a, a group of guys that, that you, if you need uh, to lean on or, or no? Uh, if if I have something going down there, like uh, I'll lean on, uh, you know, I don't know that many. Um, I actually tried to um, join one of the associations uh, a while back, but um, they said, no, nah, well, you know what, it's not for you. Right. And 
okay. <laughs> I wasn't in the... In yeah, the, I know the uh, NALI, the uh, National Association of Legal Investigators, they, they have some Canadian members. I know one of one of the guys actually just became a uh, an actual, um, like a certified uh, uh, you know, legal uh, investigator, which is, well, it's a whole process. You got to got to read a whole bunch yeah. of books and write some papers and take like an eight hour right, test. Right. It's, uh, it's impressive actually. Uh, from here? From, from, from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, Toronto, he, yeah. Uh, he actually, uh, the guy was like crying when they, uh, when they introduced him and read, you know, read him in and, uh, officially gave him the certification. Cause it was just that, you know, release of, you know, I worked so hard to get here and I'm the first Canadian ever, you know, to be a part of this association that's actually a certified legal, uh, investigator. Um, oh, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. No, that's <laughs> it's right. terrible. I find that <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's got to be—he's got to be a member of one of the associations. Here, well, so. well, yeah. If you look him up in Nally, he'll do. I mean, you don't realize how many people listen to you. Like, I know yeah. you might not go leave a comment on iTunes or Google Store, or whatever, on you, but yeah. believe me, there's—I know there's over a thousand. Oh no, yeah, I've seen the numbers, man. I get the download numbers. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really, um, it, it's been an amazing ride. So, you know, I, I started this back in September. Um, just with an idea of, of, you know, trying to get the perspectives of other investigators out there, like how neat would that be? Because I've been doing this for, you know, you know, 16 years now, you know, actually closer to about 18 or 19, um, in total and and just coming across and meeting different people. And, you know, I was, uh, as investigators, we're all people person, right? We, we love to talk to people. We love to find out what their story is and what they're about. It's just part of our nature. So to sure. me, like podcasting just makes sense. Um, and I've had a blast doing it. It's been great. And, you know, listen, that's how you and I connected. Yeah. You, you yeah. listen to the hey, show. Don't and, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Don't stop. Don't because if, when this starts lifting, don't stop. I mean. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm not going anywhere soon, man. This show's going to be around forever. I, I really yeah, uh, cool. I love doing it. I love yeah. doing well, it. Well, next time I'm going to have to have like a, I'll have to bring it when I go into the States for the the case like i did have one uh that i did, like you asked me just before i told you that one story i had a case where um the, the wife was cheating and this was a he, he this was a very big businessman up here uh, that i've done work for before very prominent and he was no names please <laughs> i don't want no, you to violate no, any agreements <laughs> and there's uh um he said to me listen I, my wife's cheating on me i know it she, i mean she travels a lot for the job that i've given her through one of my companies and so forth i said all right so he says, I want you to go follow her. He says, go to down to Houston. I says, cool. So I, I contacted a, a PI down there, Harry Chandler, down mm-hmm. in Houston. And I asked him if he can help me because I'm going to be a couple of days late. And he sure enough, oh, yeah, no problem. And he picked up the surveillance from the airport. And then once I got down there, we were, you know, taking notes and meeting up and so mm-hmm. forth. And I would watch. And I was taking, now I got to tell you, the difference between me and and a lot of, investigators here with the surveillance video and the pictures is the piece of equipment I have. And I, for the last couple of years, I just love this thing. And to, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to. No, go ahead. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's the, it's the Nikon P1000. Oh, not that and one. Just kidding. Do you have it? <laughs> no, no. Oh, you don't it's, have it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can talk about any it piece is, of equipment here. If we're going to help everybody out. Not there. <laughs> <laughs> it is most, I mean, I can literally take a picture of a crater on the moon. Right. I can sit a half a mile away and take video to the point where you can see what freckle is on his face. Yeah, it's pretty amazing the technology you have there. And yeah, I got I gotta be honest with you, I'm I'm a huge Nikon fan. So my, yeah. my camera oh. of choice is you know, people are either Canon or Nikon. I'm Nikon hundred percent of the time. So. Yeah. You got you camera. 
Matt, yeah. you got, I'm telling you, you got to get your hands on one yeah. and try it. Even if you leave it in dummy mode, which is like, you know, the, um, auto mode. Right. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild at the 4k video and it's got a 3000 millimeter zoom on it. It's a bridge camera. It's a little big, a little heavy, right. but the, the quality and the closeness, I can I sit for a mile, half a mile away, and they don't even know I'm around, right. and I can take up the close pictures. So, so, so what? Uh, I brought that down with me. Yeah, what, down there. What? Uh, what brand? I mean, it's Nikon. What's the model again on there? P one thousand. Okay. Cool. P is in Peter one thousand. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what they're running in the states. Um, there was a. Camera place in the state's a big place, like H and D or B and H. Yeah, it's New York. Yep. Yeah, B and H. Yeah, I buy all my equipment from there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I they'll deliver to, they'll deliver right to my house, and uh, I think it was like seven hundred and change American. But here it's about a thousand bucks Canadian. Our exchange rate is out of whack now. So you, you can't shop there Friday afternoon, by the way. Though. I just, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no that's Friday right, afternoon right. and no Saturday. You know, I had to, to Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, the Sabbath. Yep, right. exactly. They, <laughs> they they definitely don't play around with that. But uh, no, 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 it's good stuff. <laughs> and it's the good holidays, stuff. there's too yeah. many of those. Yep. Um, so all right. I, I get down there, yep. and I take, I'm taking the pictures and doing everything I have to do. And and uh, I says, oh, you know, I got her meeting up with the guy and kissing, and I got pictures and you know, back and forth. So I phoned my guy back in Toronto, and I says, listen, I says, uh, I got everything. I says, uh, I'm coming home. I've got the proof. He says, no, 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 no. He says, wait. He says, I need you to fly. She says, she's going to Turks and Caicos to do a presentation <laughs> for four days. And I'm going, well, if it wasn't the winter time, I would think twice about this, but all right. <laughs> Send me right. a ticket. Set me up. So I don't know. Canada, uh, Caribbean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turks and Caicos. It's minus 20 in Toronto. I'm just, okay, no problem. <laughs> Away I go, and she's got a day or two on me, and She's not staying at the hotel where she's at. So I come up with this idea. I phone him back. I said, listen, I said, you're, you're still in good terms with her, right? And he goes, yeah. I says, I want you to FedEx. Yep. He says, there's one FedEx place here yep. on the island. I says, and I'll be able to pick up on her because she's not staying at the hotel. Send her a love note, uh, some papers from work or something overnight. Right. Tell her to go pick it up. So sure enough, the next day, 1 o'clock, she picks it up. And I got her. And yep. uh, I followed her in this Rolls Royce on her way to this house. Yep. And luckily for me, it wasn't gated or anything. And I perched myself up on a hill for a mile and a half away, and I got her. Yeah. At the so, pool wearing stuff that I don't even wear to bed. So yeah, I mean, there you go. Was, right. So, yeah. so it's, it's so crazy. That was another adventure going Yeah. To so that, that technique is something that Kelly Riddle, um, who was actually out of Texas as well, Calmore Investigations, who uh, I believe is sponsoring this show, <laughs> this episode. Kelly is, is sponsoring this episode. Yeah. Um, so he, he, um, he did the same exact thing in the Caribbean, right? He had a, he had somebody that he was tracking that they they lost the person, and uh, they had this significant other FedEx them something, and sure enough, they went to the FedEx to pick it up, and boom, they picked up their target. So, uh, uh, yeah, good no, good minds think alike. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was original. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, listen, you want to be in the same company with Kelly Riddle. You know, he's, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't definitely know. check out the podcast episode uh, that I, I did will. with him. It's a really good one. And um, he, he's actually um, the Investigator's Toolbox, the, this web community website that I've, that I've created. It's launching next month. He's actually contributed uh, five training courses, uh, video webinars, um, and surveillance is, is one of the topics that he's talking about. Um, really good stuff. And it's all new. That's, he, uh, with the toolbox. 
Yeah, so he just yeah. uh, re- recorded uh, new episodes uh, with that. So that'll be oh, in another show later. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Today's about you. It's not about me or, or any of this other Good. stuff. So, cool. all right. um, no, I'm interested in that. so we're definitely going to wind down here. Uh, Corey, this was awesome. It was great to chat with yeah. you. And uh, I always wanted Thanks to get the perspective of, of somebody up north, you know. Uh, oh. Uh, guys, like I said, you guys don't know how lucky you are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is uh, good stuff, man. So how do people get a hold of you? Well, you go on my website at uh, www.mossad, M-O-S-S-A-D dot C-A, or uh, email me at uh, info at Mossad, same M-O-S-S-A-D dot C-A. Okay. All right, great. And we'll have that all in the show notes for everyone to, to get there, too. Cool. So, you got to um, check out that camera, though. Let yes. Me know. Yeah, yep. Okay, I hope what not kind of sending you a nice check for that, too. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't even know what that's, that's it's, it's actually separated me surveillance-wise from other investigators. Yeah. It's not my skill. It's it's that camera. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Big time. All right, so we're going to wind in here. Again, thank you so much, Corey. Um, okay. It's great chatting with you. And, yeah, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. So okay. uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week on the next episode. Have a good day. Thanks for checking out the show today. The guys really had a blast comparing Canada and U.S. investigations. Our brothers and sisters up north that do investigative work have some real challenges. We also want to thank Crosstrack, Scope Now, and Kelmar Global for sponsoring the show. Please, folks, check out their sites and consider using their services. Make sure you use code PIP20 for additional savings. Next week, Matt returns to training, and we'll discuss marketing in a post-COVID-19 shutdown world. Please be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share a link of the show with your friends. Have a great week, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in to PI Perspectives.